Okay, so we're gonna open up with our four foundation scriptures that we have been doing our whole series. So if you guys will repeat them after me, our first one is Romans 1, 17. Do we have those? Since I didn't do the fill outs or the handouts, they may not have them. So Romans 1, 17, the just shall live by faith. Galatians 3, 11, the just shall live by faith. Hebrews 10, 38, the just shall live by faith. And Habakkuk 2, 4, the just shall live by his faith. So those are our foundation scriptures, that we live by faith. Tonight, I really wanted to kind of take a little bit of a different route with what we've been talking about with faith and talk to you guys about what faith requires, which is action. You can't live by faith and just constantly be there standing around hoping, praying, oh God, I'm, I'm just believing by faith, I'm believing by faith, I'm believing by faith. But if you're not doing what he's asking you to, if you're not putting the action behind it, if you're not doing the things that faith requires, what good is the faith for you? When I was little, uh, especially back in the mid-80s when we were, my parents were building their house in Benbrook, and we would drive back and forth from the house uh, to go check on the progress of it, and there was a song. It was my favorite song as a little kid because it made me chuckle. It didn't make a whole lot of sense if you ever listened to the lyrics of it. I will say it's nothing like the Pointer Sisters. <laughs> but it was Rich Mullins, Screen Door on a Submarine. And if you remember the lyrics of it, you guys should all go home tonight and look it up. But the main chorus of it was, faith without works is like a song you can't sing. It's about as useless as a screen door on a submarine. As a kid, I mean, like I said, that just, it was hilarious to me because why would you put a screen door on a submarine? But it makes a lot of sense when you start talking about faith that if you're not putting that action behind it, it's like having a screen door on your submarine, your, your boat's gonna, it's gonna sink. Hebrews 11.6. You guys will bear with me tonight. I'm not used to using the NIV, but I know that's what y'all are using. I had to go and like dig one out of our bookcase at home. So let's go to Hebrews 11, 16. So Hebrews 11:16 says, "Instead, they were longing for a better country, and therefore God is not ashamed to be." I'm writing down the wrong one. 11:6. Hebrews 11:6, and without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. 
This is a scripture that, especially in the faith camps, you hear a lot. And I'll be really honest with you, it took me a long time to really understand that without faith, it's impossible to please God. The reason that it's impossible to please God without faith is because it takes faith simply to believe in God. It takes faith for you to believe in your salvation, that we've been saved by grace, that we've been made righteous in his sight. Faith is what's required for us to believe in something that we can't see, that we can't tangibly hold on to. So without having faith, it's impossible to please God. Something that really came up on my heart this week, there's been so many, there's been so many people recently that are kind of twisting the word with things. I heard today said how it takes faith to believe in the word, to believe in this written word right here that we have. This word is never wrong. This word never changes. It doesn't change to fit your lifestyle. It doesn't change based on what the current social popularity thing is in the world. That word never changes. That word is not contradictory to itself. You'll hear people say that. Well, well, it contradicts itself because here it says this and over here it says that. And Keith Moore, the person who we've kind of based this whole series on living by faith, who's probably one of the greatest preachers about faith that there is out there, said, the word's never wrong and it's not contradictory. So if there's something in there that you don't understand, your thinking and your revelation just hasn't caught up with it yet. That's where you have to believe by faith in the word. And it takes us believing by faith and maybe tomorrow you'll be reading it, maybe next week, maybe two years from now and that little light bulb will go off and you go, you know what, that makes sense now, I understand that. That wasn't really contradictory before. That's why it takes faith to believe in the word. Faith requires three things of us. It requires love, it requires obedience, and it requires action. Each of us are given the same measure of faith. It says that we all have faith as a mustard seed in Luke 17, 6. You guys don't have to go there. But remember that we're each given that same measure of faith. So if you look at someone and you say, well, look what their faith got them. Look where their faith got them to. Why isn't mine getting there? What do you do with a seed? If you were given a seed, does that seed just automatically grow into a plant? You've gotta take that seed that you're given, you've gotta exercise it, you've got to water it, you've got to nurture it, 
until it grows into something great. We're each given the same amount of faith, but what we choose to do with that faith is up to us. 1 Corinthians 13.13. 13. So in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, and now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So the first thing we're gonna talk about tonight that your faith requires is love. Faith is mentioned first there in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, because it is the catalyst of which everything builds off of. You can't walk in love without faith, but you can't have faith without walking in love. I was listening to a minister a few weeks ago and talking about walking in love and how that correlates with faith. And he talked about how it was so tough and difficult for him to walk in love with a specific person that he was dealing with. And he would constantly go around just repeating to himself, walk in love, walk in love, walk in love. I'm going to walk in love, I'm going to walk in love. That's not walking in love. (laughs) That's trying to force yourself to do something you're just not wanting to do. Walking in love comes from having a realization of how much God loves you. When you understand how much God loves you, when you understand how much God loves other people, Walking in love with them is easy because you begin seeing them as God sees them. You begin loving them as God loves them and as he loves you. So walking in love is the first step to your faith. It's not based on our performance. It's based on being grounded in how much he loves us. He loves us because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. In Ephesians 5, one through two, Ephesians is just a few pages over. So in Ephesians 5, verses 1 through 2, and each time as you're reading these scriptures, just like we've done before on your handouts, in your Bibles, underline, highlight. These are scriptures you're going to want to come back to. They're scriptures that will resonate with you that you'll think about later on and you'll want to flip back to it. And it's a lot easier to find when they're highlighted in your Bible. But sometimes I like to emphasize some of the words and walking in love, emphasizing love in each of these that we're reading today. In Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. I can't even begin to tell you how many times the Bible talks about walking in love. 
Walking in love is such a key aspect of everything in our life. Everything that is built on, it's the foundation of it. 1 John 4, 16. Remember, 1 John is towards the very back. If you've hit Revelation, you've gone too far. In 1 John 4, 16. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. There's one thing that people can say of you and one thing that they can always see. They can't always see our faith, but they can always see the love that you walk in. The second part, the second thing that faith requires is obedience. Second John 1, 6. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. So here we are again being commanded to walk in love. Everything that we have to do in obedience to God. Let's go back now to Romans 4. Remember last year when we did the books of the Bible? I won't sing them to you. Romans 4, 16 through 24, talking about faith. Therefore, the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all of Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our Father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into beings things that were not. Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed, so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words, it was credited to him, were written not for him alone, but for us to whom God will credit righteousness, for us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. I wanted to read that whole passage there to you about talking about Abraham in the New Testament. 
Because so often we think about Abraham as being part of the Old Testament and the Old Covenant. But faith is in the Bible from the beginning of time until the end. Faith has always been there. Faith was not a new concept that just came when Jesus came. Abraham believed by faith, but Abraham was obedient to God. God spoke to Abraham and told him that he would be the father of many nations. Abraham, who was 100 years old and had no children of his own, God comes to him and speaks to him and tells him that his descendants are going to be greater than the stars in the sky, that they're gonna outnumber the sands, the little sand pebbles on this earth. That's how great his descendants are gonna be. Can you imagine all of your thinking and your doubt and your own fear that you have to overcome being told something like that at the age of 100? 100 years old wasn't any different back then than what it is now. Can you imagine someone 100 years old now having a child? So Abraham was told something, but Abraham's first action wasn't that of obedience, it was that of him trying to make it happen himself. And that's where his son Ishmael came from. That's why faith in God requires obedience. It doesn't require us to try and make it happen ourselves. It requires obedience in what he is telling us to do. If Abraham had been obedient, and he was in the end where he was obedient, he and Sarah had the child that God had promised them. That was Isaac. Abraham did become the father of many nations. The third thing that our faith requires of us is action. Let's go to James 2, 14 through 26. James is there towards the back. So James 2, 14, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical appearance, their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons can believe that. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete. It's a good word right there to circle in your Bible, complete. His faith 
was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the, to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. One of the things that you'll hear preached all the time is that we aren't saved by our actions. You can't just do good deeds all the time and expect to go to heaven. We have to believe by faith. We have to believe in the Son of God because that is the only way to heaven. That is the only way to our salvation. But your faith, just as we've discussed, your faith without action is nothing more than that screen door on the submarine. Your faith without action is nothing more than you simply believing for something. So when he says here in the word that I'll show you my faith by my deeds, can you see that as you begin believing for things by faith in your life, that the result of that faith that you have, the outcome of your faith that you've put your action to is going to speak a lot louder than the words of you just believing for it. Without faith, there's no grace. Faith is always attached to something. You have faith in grace. You have faith in patience. I think faith takes a lot of patience and Abraham could certainly attest to that. You have faith in love. Just as we've discussed, you can't have faith without walking in love. You have faith and hope. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Faith, the things that we hope for in our life. Faith is always attached to something. You're never gonna have faith just by itself. So look for what you're attaching your faith to. Think about what you're believing by faith for in something. What are you attaching to that faith? Are you attaching that action, that grace, that love, that foundation of love to your faith? We've discussed the three things that faith requires, love, obedience, and action. You can't be an armchair believer, someone that just sits there believing for something but not doing anything. Your faith requires that action. When God speaks to you to do something, you've gotta do it and you've gotta do it by faith. Sometimes that requires taking a pretty big leap Sometimes your leap may turn into a flop. I think we've all had a few of those before. 
But you'll never flop out on something when you put your faith behind it when God has told you to do something. When that action is there, just like in the word, if it's something that we don't understand right now, maybe you feel like that leap you took was a flop. But just wait around long enough to see how God works it out because God will never ask you to do something by faith and you take the action to step out in faith, it'll never be a disappointment. It'll never return void to you. Because just like his word says, his word never returns void. What would you do if you knew that you couldn't fail? Very quickly, I'll tell you the three things that you need to know with faith to never fail. Your faith killers are strife, fear, and your own words. Strife, hatred, anger. I could even go as far as to say offense will take you out of your walk of love. And remember, if walking in love is your foundation to faith, then if you do something that takes you out of that walk of love, it's like ripping the carpet out from under your faith, ripping the rug out. Fear is nothing but having faith in something that you don't want to have happen. It's just a different kind of faith. So do you have faith in the things that God has for you? Or instead, are you putting your faith in fear of something? And finally, the last thing that'll kill your faith is your own words. How important is it that we guard our own words when it comes to believing by faith for something? Just as many times as it talks about walking in love, the Bible also talks about how we guard our mouth. We guard our heart because out of that flows the rivers of life. That death and life are in the power of the tongue. There's one word that can completely undo everything that you're believing for by faith. But when God asks you to do something, and usually when God asks you to do something, it's something that's completely out of your power because you need God to do it. When God asks you to do something and your response is, well, okay, but you're undoing every single thing that God set before you. When God says, I need you to go take this leap, I need you to set out and I need you to start on this path. And you say, okay, but what about the finances? What about the time? What about I'm not qualified to do that. You've just undone everything with your faith. That one word, those three letters, can undo everything in your faith walk. So to not fail by faith, you walk in love, you walk in obedience, you don't fear 
what he's asking you to do, and you guard your words. As we wrap this up, I wanted to briefly just tell you guys the story of Peter. Peter, for me, has always been my favorite story of faith because I think we can see a little bit of Peter in all of us. Sometimes I wonder why Thomas was the one that was called the doubter because I really feel like Peter doubted more than he, Thomas did. But here Peter was out on the boat. Jesus had sent the disciples out on the boat onto the water. And the water's rough and they see someone approaching them on the water. I mean, that right there, you know, I'm gonna be getting my cell phone out and taking pictures. I see someone walking towards me on the water. But Peter comes out and looks at him and says, Lord, is that you? I kind of want to say to Peter, I mean, how many other people have you seen walking on the water before that you have to ask? Jesus, is that you that's out there? Here, Peter had already seen all of these miracles that Jesus had performed before, and yet he still doubted things that he saw in the Messiah. So he tested him, and he said, well, Lord, if it's you, call me out there on the water with you. He wanted to walk on the water too. He was testing him on it. So Peter stepped out of that boat. There was his action. God called him out onto the water. He was obedient to the call. He stepped out of the boat onto the water. That was his action. And as he began walking towards Jesus, what happened? Everybody knows what happened with Peter. He started to sink. He started to sink there in the water because he took his eyes off of Jesus. He started to doubt. He started to fear. He took his eyes off of what was directly in front of him. And when he did that, his faith began to waver. But as Jesus called him back and he focused him back towards him, Jesus sees him and says, what little faith you have. Peter had faith to step out of the boat. He took the action. The only time that he ever wavered was when he took his eyes off of God. We walk in love, we walk in obedience. And we take action when we're told to with our faith because our eyes are set on God. Because your heart is set to what is in this word right here. I want to close in prayer for you guys. Maybe thinking about faith is an obstacle for you. It's certainly been an obstacle for me in different things in my life. I mean, you guys have even witnessed some of it here before with me or, you know, just like being told that I need to do a podcast and constantly saying I don't feel qualified to do that. So maybe you're in that boat with me today, just like Peter was. And maybe God is speaking something to you to take an action to take that step of faith, to take that leap.
Don't be afraid of jumping off the diving board. As long as you keep your focus on him, you're not gonna flop. You're not gonna fail. Keep your eyes set on him. Walk in love. Walk in obedience. And take the action that he's speaking to you. So Father God, I pray over everyone that's in this room today, Lord, that if there is a step of faith that you are speaking to them, that you give them the courage to step out of that boat today. You give them the strength, you give them the mind of Christ to know your will, Father, to seek you first in all things, to keep you first before them and set their gaze straight on you, Lord Jesus. Father, I thank you that you are leading us by faith, that you are directing our path today, that everything we do is because of our faith in you, Lord Jesus, that you are increasing our faith today. We ask all of this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.